going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Dusty Dimes. This is episode five. Today's topic is John Shavu. But first, we got a couple of good things to bring up. TJ, you want to touch on a couple of things first? Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I want to, I want to, you know, we got some in the show, Mike, and uh, you and I talked about it. We touched on it, and uh, um, the first thing I want to touch on here is. Um, You know, it's in the world today is, you know, this whole fucking thing with racism and bullshit. And, you know, if if you guys don't know, there was a fucking incident up in the uh, North American Hockey League with a uh, young man being harassed in the penalty box. And, you know, fans are shouting racist insults at him, shit like that, talking shit about him because of his skin color. And it's it's bullshit. It's absolute fucking bullshit and degrading. And to me, you know, there's there's no skin color in me. There's no color. Everybody's a fucking same. Yep. You know what I mean? That's how it should be in life. And it, it, it fucking rubs me the wrong way. It really does, you know. And for this for this fucking young man and his family, and it, it's it's embarrassing. It's really fucking embarrassing. The kid was sent to the penalty box. He's a black, young black gentleman playing, you know, hockey, doing what he wants to fucking do, you know, and he goes to the fucking penalty box and people are fucking waving their arms like a gorilla and a fucking baboon and telling me she eat bananas. You know what? If you're fucking saying that to a young man trying to fucking play hockey to make something of himself, you can go fuck yourself. Oh, you, re- you really it, can. Exactly. You know? And and to me, you know, it it, it touches me. It touches me, you know, harder than you really because, you know, my dad and my brother are mixed and, you know, they got, they got, they have black in them. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean, man. And that shit, it it fucking aggravates me. If you're going to sit there and do that in the fucking world and you're not happy with your life, don't fucking bring it out on somebody trying to fucking make something for themselves. And that's the thing, too. That's what carries to the NHL and even the higher leagues. I mean, you know, look at Wayne Simmons. They threw bananas at him. I mean, you got Vane and Kane, You got P.K. Subban in, what, 2014? Yeah. One, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things that, like, it's in the sport, but you don't really hear about it. And then once you do hear about it, it's like, why? Why is it even happening? Yeah, and it's, you know, this, this fucking kid's family, it was it, – it's they were pouring beer on his girlfriend, hitting his father, like – let me just say something. It's 2019. There's one thing in this world you're you're going to have to do the rest of your life and pay taxes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to fucking be a dick, but you have to pay your taxes. Like, get over your fucking self. Yep. Really. Exactly, you know, he, was, he was fucking hit in the face with a stick. He got sent to the box. You know, and then it's, it's all this bullshit. The kid ended up leaving and going to the dressing room. Didn't even finish the game out. Didn't finish the game because of some fucking piece of shit. That has to fucking give him shit about being his, his fucking skin color. Who fucking the worst, cares? The worst part is you can't even like concentrate on playing the game. It's like you got to worry about your family members too. It's like you don't know what's going on in the stands. You're just consistently oh. looking up in the stands, worrying about like what's going on. Yeah, and and, and, and to me, like you know, it, it's it's almost a safety thing. It, it really is. Like you said, it's a safety fucking hazard. Yeah. Oh my god. If you can't control your equipment and you like. If you're throwing shit on the ice, not even for one individual player, but for any other player that's skating by, what happens if they skate over it, they fall back, hit their head? Yeah. 
you I know, agree, man. that's I just agree. one of those things. It's a freak accident. It's less likely to happen. But what if? You know what I mean? Look at Pierre Maguire sitting in, like on the bench, almost got hit in the face of the puck because that dumbass wasn't paying attention. Yeah, it's just stuff like that, man. Like freak accidents do happen, and it's just don't fucking do it. Don't be that guy. But no, and I and to touch on it, I mean this this kid's name is Jonathan Dubai, I believe he's twenty four, and I mean. For the kid, if you're listening, if you get the message, man, like we salute you, keep doing whatever you're fucking doing, kid. Really? Oh, yeah. Keep playing Immensely, hockey. Don't man. fucking listen to these fucking assholes. That's the biggest thing. Don't give up on what you're doing. You're always gonna have haters, just like we always do. But we support you, man. Always will. Hands down. And uh, another thing too is just kind of like rolling into the whole chirping and you know running their mouths and shit. It's like there's a time and place for that. And I think we touched on this on previous episodes where. You know, if you're getting your shit pumped and you want to run your mouth, you look so stupid. But, like, yeah. you know what I mean? If you're the guy that's, you know, shit, you know, stomping the other team and they're trying to run your mouth, all you got to do is point at the scoreboard and laugh at them and be like, bro, you guys are a joke. Like, yeah, it's it, it's really all you got to do. And, you know, it's there. there's a and like we said before, there's a time and place for chirping and there's time and not. You know what I mean? Like. The, the biggest fucking chirp that is so fucking played out anymore is when you're fucking smoking a team and you put it to scoreboard. Like, oh come my on, god, man. yeah. It's not fucking 1983. Like, we're not, <laughs> like, get, like, just fucking go out and play hockey. Don't be a fucking scumbag point at the scoreboard. We get it. We know the fucking score. We get what's it. One of the, what's one of the best trips you probably heard from even one of your junior guys? Uh, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. I mean, there, it, <laughs> There's a lot. I mean, you know, and, and it's like one of the heat of the moments. And like, you just like hear something like when even as simple as like, you know, are you fist fucking me from Tucker? Like, yeah. and we just all looked at each other like, are you kidding me? That just came out of his mouth. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it's as you know, as a coach, too. And like, trip, you can trip the linesman and get away with it. You mm. know what I mean? So <laughs> I felt bad for linesmen in our league when you were like ripping their ear off. Yeah, it's you know, and there and there's a time like there for instance, there was a time where you know, it's a tie game, the puck gets iced down, right, and it's like six seconds on the clock, and he waves off icing, and it's a tie game. We would have had an offensive zone in our our a draw in our zone. Yep. I called him over. I said, "What the fuck did you wave icing off for?" And I see you not. <laughs> he looks at me and goes, "I look at the clock, and I made a judgment call." I, I about lost my fucking mind, Mike. I really did. Like Look, it, it, the worst part was I watched that game and it, it, it was, was just like, oh my god! And then you guys the went to OT. Who, who, who in their fucking right mind says oh, I'm going to make a judgment call with a two-two game with six seconds on the clock where we can win it in the fuck in our own zone on a draw? It's mm-hmm. a judgment worst, call. And the so worst on, part so is you overtime. guys lost it. <sighs> yeah. So in overtime, you know, we're playing in overtime. He calls off an icing. Oh, oh, hey, fucking nice judgment call you had there. You fuck. <laughs> like fuck man so that's what i'm saying man and it's the worst part is it's like you ever look at some of these refs and even like the ehl yeah na3 stuff like that usbhl they're all young and yeah. they're all those kids that like think they're nhl refs but they look so fucking and they're garbage like half of them are legit garbage hey, don't get me wrong I, I get it they're doing they have a hard job and i respect what they're doing i i, I really do but yeah. don't don't make it to be about yourself make it make it for the guys let let the kids dictate the game not the refs there's a couple of refs that um are around like our area yeah and like i'm I'm gonna throw their names out there one's um jake schmedley um eric michaels and this guy named judd ritter 
Judd yeah. Ritter is a linesman in the AHL, and he literally did like um, the championship game for uh, Scholastic. Dude, it was so proficient the way that he was calling things. Like, I wish that every linesman kind of looked at him like, I want to be like him. Yeah. Because, like, dude, it didn't get out of hand, and it was a chippy game. And But, like, there was not – nothing got crazy. It was just a hard-fought game, and, like, he kept it in mind. Like, he literally gave everyone warnings beforehand. Like, listen, this gets shit, shit out of hand. Like, I'm just tossing you. That's nothing got in hand. It like, really – it really should be. It should be, you know, and, and I used to ref all the time too until I got back into coaching. And mm-hmm. what I told these guys and I, I, I tell the kids all the time is I'm going to let you play until you're an asshole. Yep. That's the bottom line. And you, you, you guys, you guys dictate the game, not me. And you know what, you know, what cracks me up too. So I love watching like, you know, whenever you're watching, um, not, I wouldn't say a great game, but like a not so good game, and you just see nothing but big hits. But kids are l- deliberately just making straight lines and just going for the hit, not for oh, the yeah. puck, dude. So last night, or not last night, um, uh, it was this past week. I was watching game one, uh, Northampton Parkland Championship, and a Northampton kid absolutely just ran this kid through uh, the boards, basically. Kid gets up, doesn't even hesitate, sees where the, he just looks for this kid. You can just see it the way that he's moving his body, his eyes, everything. And he makes a straight beeline, missed the kid. It gets up, ends up getting a penalty because he like clipped another kid. And it was just such a joke because like he wasn't that good. And you can just tell like that's all in his mindset. Like the bad players just come out in scholastic hockey to hit and yeah. don't play hockey. And it's so fucking funny, but aggravating as a coach and like Per, you know, just a bystander watching. It's like, what are you doing? You're hurting yeah. your team. I agree, man. It, it's actually it, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> you you know what kills me too? Parents at high school hockey games, dude, dude, dude. <laughs> oh my god! I literally like we had practice last <laughs> night after our game. We went over and watched one of our uh, one of our kids that was playing, and mm-hmm. uh, and that's a perfect example. Like you know. If if you're a fucking parent, and I I said this before, don't fucking live through your fucking kids, man. Just just let them fucking play. They're playing the game. They're out there busting their fucking dicks off to fucking do what they want to do. Okay, and everybody knows how I feel about high school hockey is a fucking joke. But yep. don't fucking stand up and chirping the fucking refs and chirping the players and chirping the fans on the other side. You look like a fucking absolute gong show. And that's the thing, too, man. It kills me to see, like, the the parents up in the stands that think, like, they were once, you know, Wayne Gretzky on the ice back when they were playing, like, D3 college club, and they're, like, the fourth-line player. It's like, listen, Johnny, I need you to go out and score two goals, or tonight daddy's getting no ass, so come on, help me out. Dude, I I saw, I, I, like, I witnessed, like, you know, you get these fucking moms and dads with their goddamn video cameras out, and they're fucking... They're yelling at the refs. Yeah. Like, you're. what are you doing? Yeah. You want to yeah. do that shit? You want to be a fucking mental case? Go on fucking Jerry Springer. Don't fucking bring it to your kid's high school game. Bring it to the WWE, man. I yes. love to see someone go through a yeah. fucking table on the ice. Oh, that'd be sick. It's just, you know, it's it's embarrassing all around. 100% embarrassing. It's And I'll use my, my quote that the boys love. It's fucking embarrassing. It is fucking embarrassing. At this point, listen, if you want to be an official... Go to fucking, you know, the reffing classes. They're, sh- they're on a shortage, skates, man. They're on a shortage. They need that's them. what I'm saying. But parents, listen, you do a good job at being the official or off-ice official. You know what I mean? Off. You know what I mean? I fucked that one up. Off-ice official. Now, you know what? And, but, it's, hey. and, and, and to touch on that as well, 
you know, it's not even so much high school games. It's, it's, it's every level with the kids level, man. Like I I remember like watching Landon when Landon was playing Mm -hmm. and he played with Lancaster and dude, Adrian and I are sitting there watching the fucking games. Adrian's my wife, by the way, guys. And we're sitting there watching the games and it's just like, what the fuck, man? And you know, it's, Adrian, Adrian and I grew up around hockey, you know, we played hockey and we know the game. So we're sitting back watching and these fucking parents are just yelling at their fucking seven year olds. And I'm like sitting there, I'm like, let's go land. Let's go buddy. Like, and these parents are like, shoot the fucking puck, pass the puck. I'm like, are you fucking, they're they're playing with a fucking blue puck. You know what I mean? So like. Listen, some of these leagues around here should still be playing with a fucking blue like, puck. Holy fuck, man. Like, it, it, let the kid fucking play. That's what I'm saying. Especially at that age, man. Like, they don't even know. Like, they don't sound like they run lines against each other. They literally, like, run through the entire bench. Yeah. Up oh, next five out. Have fun, kids. Yeah, just have fun, man. Have fun playing. Like, you want them to play the next level. Unless you, like, see extreme potential. Like, if your kid's 10 years old playing, like, peewee AAA already – then I would be like a little tough on them. Be like, all right, listen, next time you got to do this to make yourself better. I'm not going to be screaming at my kid if he like, put it this way. My kid has a shit game. I'm not going to consistently remind him on the way home. You know what I mean? No, listen, and that's the thing. Like you're, you're supposed to tell your kid. That's the thing. You, you, you know, you got to have your kid be humble about it. Like, yeah, dad, how'd I do? Well, you did this, this, and this good, but you need to work on this and we're, we're going to work on this. And that's. But you, you need to also raise your kid to be able to take criticism. There's oh kids that God, nowadays yeah. that you tell them that, like, hey, you need to do this better. And it's like fucking World War Three to them in their head. Like, oh, yeah. what do you mean? Like, I thought it perfect. It's like, dude, just take the fucking critiques and, like, roll with it. If you can't roll with the punches, then, then leave the sport. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that's, the, that's one of the hardest things, too, because, like, a lot of younger kids coming up, they're watching all these, you know, skill guys in the NHL and they're trying to pull these like between the leg dangles and like, you know, crazy toeies or backhand toeies in, in big time games that like you should not be doing like when you should just be, you know, gripping, ripping, you know what I mean? Oh, I, I dude, I, it, it just kills me seeing that. Like that's the evolution of hockey nowadays too. And there's so many kids like, you know, kids have potential. Like they, they get the fucking puck on their stick, and they, oh, let me dangle here, let me dangle there. Just fucking rip it. If you got yeah. a fucking shot, you're gonna score nine out of ten times on this fucking goalie. Yeah. And listen, I'll tell you right now, I'm not saying that to like kids that are 16 and up. Like, if you're 16 and you have sick, nasty hands, like by all means, fucking go one v four, make the team look stupid, make them all look like I'm telling you right now, I don't care as long as you bury the puck or get it deep and you don't look like an asshole, then you, you did your job. <laughs> like, like, that's the biggest thing. But um, actually, talking about a little bit of high school hockey, stuff like that, we do have a championship game, the final championship game coming up for one of our local teams, um, Northampton versus Parkland. Smitty! So a little bit of backstory behind the teams. Uh, Parkland, we talked about in the last podcast, they're kind of like the team that no one really likes because they – Every year they win. I think they're on a 10-peat. Like, literally 10 years in a row, they've won the championship. And that's kind of the reason why everyone hates them. Um, so, it was – I watched the first game. Um, Northampton played absolutely phenomenal. They outshot them. They didn't – well, they took some dumb penalties, but nothing crazy. They were able to work themselves out of it. Um, they outhit them. 
but they couldn't bury the opportunities. Like the 50-50 pucks, they kept winning, but the bounces weren't in their favor. Yeah. Um, but it was a phenomenal game to watch. They lost the first one. They won the second one. Now I believe it's Friday. It's game three. So it's going to be exciting to see. I think Northampton's going to pull it out just because the, the Mount – I never came to this rink and, you know, you go into, you know, Whitehall Ice Rink and you can't even see it outside the glass. It's raft with that many people. And then you go upstairs, raft with people. And I'm just like, damn, like Northampton has a crowd. But, uh, yeah, I'm rooting for Northampton. Um, there's this, there's one girl on the team, Alyssa Rubel, and she is a stud, TJ. I'm yeah. telling you right now, she could – like, she's getting looked at by, like, Quinnipiac – um, nice. I forget a couple other schools, but like she has D one potential written all over her. Um, she had a big time goal, I think, to actually win the game. Wow, get some. Yeah, yeah, man. So that's what I'm saying. Like, good for them. I really yeah. hope they pull it out. I'm gonna but... go my my prediction. I'm gonna go with a four four two win for Northampton, with you know Smitty getting the game winner. Okay, I'm gonna say right now. Um. The way that they've been playing, this is going to be a 5-4 game. Aiden Carey is getting the game winner. But they also have this one kid, Hosa. They have um, Belsky, this kid on defense that loves to hit. This kid, Hunter. And what about this... Mason? What about Mace? Dude, Mason graduated. He's in college. So no, getting a play. Oh, I thought yep. he was still playing. Yep. And they have this one little kid. He's a freshman, bro. And I, I can't stand his dad. Him and his dad have, like, we, we got into a huge fight. Like, yeah, I got into a legit fight with this guy in men's league, and he got the better end of me. So I want my revenge. But I have my utmost respect for this kid. His name's Pachinka, and this kid, like, is maybe five foot tall. Yep. And he throws his weight harder than anyone. But, like, everyone's so scared to go near him because he's willing to throw his weight. And that's I think that's literally the reason why they win games, too, because, yeah, they just throw their weight around. Well, we'll, we'll touch on that, but all, all I got to say is my prediction with Smitty – He's going to score a game winner. Smitty, pull that 53-inch fucking twig out and score a game winner, kid. Yeah, don't get fucking hurt. But to, uh, you know, to throw in the weight thing, you know, and not and, and this is one thing that I want to touch on is, you know, the whole players not using their size and thinking they're fucking something they're not. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. I can go on for fucking hours with this. That's the thing, too, man. It's just – if you're not if you're really not throwing your weight around especially in hockey it's like you're not doing anything for yourself or your team like and you need to throw your weight around to make room for yourself nowadays too like i i mean I, i'll use example here okay i have you know i'll use their last names i got a kid named melly i got a kid named goslin you know a kid named wagaman and it's these fucking three kids, I swear to Christ, throw their body more than any fucking big kid I ever had in my lineup. And, you know, it's they, they go out and just fucking drill people. And you know what they do? They drill them, get the puck, they make a fucking play. Yep. You know, and, and, they, and, know they, what, know, and, and they know what to do. And they you know, know they, that role. They oh, take on that but, role. But the thing is, is, you know – they're fucking, you know, they, they could score goals. Yeah. They know they could do it. You know, and, you know, you have guys that are, you know, six foot tall, 225, 30 pounds. Yeah, fucking Shrek. You go out and you think you're a fucking goal scorer. You're not a goal scorer. 
And this person knows who I'm talking about. And I love the kid to death like a little brother. And I've been telling him since day one, go out, fucking bang. Your opportunities will fucking come. Yep. And that goes for that goes for anybody, you know, and, and everybody preaches, you know, you know, speed, speed, speed. Okay, they're in hockey, but as a coach, if you throw your fucking body in there, guess what? They're gonna fucking they're gonna hesitate, they're gonna cough the fucking pucks up, then you're gonna get your opportunities. And a lot of people like, especially the smaller guys too, and I'm gonna touch on about um something later on, but for the smaller guys, you don't need to look at a big guy and be like, Well, I'm not gonna be able to hit him. Just fucking bend your knees, get low, and I'm not saying jump into the hit, but if you just kind of make yourself smaller than what you are and get a better lower like center of gravity. You're going to win that fight every time. Like, oh. I, I, I literally hate getting hit by small guys because they hit me in my hips. So, like, I'm, I'm going to get pushed around a bit. It's going to throw me off balance. Yeah. It, and and to, to also say as well is, you know, if, if you go in the corner, bang a guy, push him up against the corner. Like, when you see his numbers, push him up against the glass. Let him know you're there. Because yeah. next time, guess what? You're going to go and clear his day and get that goddamn puck. Walk out of the corner, feed your teammate in front of the net, or the point. Yeah, you and know, that... and the whole thing with you know, as big as you are, if you're that fucking big, there's no reason where you should be fucking cycling around the boards when you're fucking when your puck is down low. Let your other two forwards get it, be the third guy high, crash the fucking net, get garbage goals. And that's the thing too. It's like you need to figure out like if you're a big guy and like you're apparently a forward, or even if you're a defenseman. You need to figure out where you can fit in. So, like, if you see a pocket that's open, if you see, like, a small lane as, like, a centerman, like, just float around a bit. Make yourself open. You never know when the rebounds are going to pop out. And on top of that, it's like you never know when the puck's going to go to the point and when a shot's going to come through. So, if you're, like, six foot, be a pain in the ass, a goaltender. Be a Sean Avery. You know what I mean? Weird. It's not that hard to figure out, boys, and it's almost a guaranteed goal if you guys are just a pain in the ass for a solid minute in their zone because if you're a minute in their zone, that's 30 seconds more for them that they're on the ice and they're going to get more and more tired when you guys are just making the simple passes. I can Listen, we can talk about this for days, weeks, years. It's just one of those things that you can only teach it on the ice, and it just takes a certain player to actually soak it up like a sponge and get it. If they don't get it, do you know a perfect – and I'll, I'll give a perfect example of this fucking player that that does the right things, you know, is, you know, Matt Melly, Tucker Hammer, uh, you know, Hainsey. There's a – he, he, he fucking uses his fucking side and gets a fucking puck. Avellino, you know, Sava. You know, you saw Sava. Sava's small Sava. as shit. Yeah. Sava's small as shit, but he goes in and gets a fucking puck in the corners. And he's not oh. afraid. Kid weighs 115 pounds, soaking wet probably. I literally, this is the game I came to watch you guys. Some notes I took. Number 25, Avellino, good heads-up player. Um, let's see, 81, Peppelman, hard shot, just needs to control it. And then we got 84, Smirnoff, the Russian. Solid player, actually very good player. But the only thing that I'll say with him, he needs to break the habit of throwing the hands up if yep. something doesn't go right. Other than that, like... The kid's a stud. And it, don't don't say that too much because he might be listening. And you know we have to get him a new fucking helmet. Oh God, big <laughs> head problem. You're the man, Sava. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, man. Like you guys are a very good team. Um, you guys have a phenomenal organization. It's just you guys have the ability to play in playoffs now. And now, as long as you guys stay out of the box, 
you don't run your mouse when you need or when you don't have to. You yeah. know what I mean? Stuff like that. You guys are a very, very dangerous team. And Absolutely. I've seen it all weekend. I, I agree, you know, and, and, and I tell the like I said before, these guys put a full sixty minutes together. There there's no one no one touching them. And that's exactly and that's your exactly. entire team is I'm not built being, around I'm not speed. Being, I'm not being biased, but it's 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 the truth. Like the group of kids that you have that buy into the system, yep. that, you know, was instilled. It, it's it, it hands down. Hands do you down. Have, do you have a lot of teams in your league that run the system you guys run? No, and you're keeping it that way, right? Yeah, that's that's all. Right, well, all, right. all I won't bring it up then. Yeah, we don't we don't talk about yep. that. <laughs> hey, I'm fine with that. But uh, no, it, it's cool though. It's cool to see that you know it's a you know it's a junior team um it's nice to see how young your team is and how well they're doing in such a good league um i'm excited to see what they can do next year too especially for some of them that are going to move up yeah but i'll tell you right now um i think we have john coming on soon don't we yeah john will be on around like 110 he's getting out of practice at one o'clock who's he practicing with uh huntsville oh that's right the havoc so Give a little background on John, uh, John Chiavu. I'm saying that correctly, correct? Chiavu, yeah. Chiavu. Uh, see, I usually butcher names. That was good. So, John Chiavu, for people that are listening, um, he actually won goals for Team USA for the Double IHF um, 2017. This guy, if you ever look him up on YouTube, I watched a couple of his videos last night. He has unreal hands. Like, it, it's just stupid. And... He get, he has unbelievable hands, not on the ice, but like in roller hockey, it's it's. If you guys know who Pavel Barber is, he basically can mimic anything Pavel Barber does. If not, he makes up new tricks to show Pavel Barber. So like, this guy is the real deal. Um, he was he played what practice squad for Islanders or yeah, he was in. I believe we'll we'll, we'll touch base. So I believe he was in training camp with the Islanders. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like. He, he knows where what it's like to be at that level. He's played, you know, uh, international hockey for a roller. Um, so it's cool. We're going to talk a little bit about, you know, playing international hockey. We're going to talk about playing pros. Um, kind of one of those things, how he got there and what made him really want to follow that dream of playing hockey. I mean, I think that's everyone's question, too. Like, what really makes everyone follow the dream, even though it's so hard to make it there? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, totally. So... I don't know. It's and that's another thing too. It's you guys got to realize too. For if you're in the younger leagues, we've been talking and kind of preaching about this. Is reach out to teams to try to make better teams. And even if you get shot down by like you know one or two teams, go for a third or fourth team. You know, it doesn't hurt to try out for more than one team. Yeah, and I and and to touch on that real quick, you know, and we had a we had a question from a uh, one of our followers on Instagram is. They asked about, I think, I believe it was 17, 16 or 17 years old, if they should pursue junior hockey or AAA. And to me, I, I, I if, if you can go and make junior hockey at 16, 17 year old, years old, absolutely. Oh, Hands yeah. Down. Absolutely. Because it's, it's only, it's only going to give you an advantage and, you know, you're going to learn more, you're going to get more exposure, you know, and, and that's, that's basically, you know, we have we have O2s on our team right now on on our team and and these kids are these kids are fucking studs. Yep. At O2 man playing juniors. And 
to me, and and that's what you need to do. You like, get your kid signed up for juniors if you can. Junior B, Junior A. If they make a Junior A roster, absolutely. But if they get Junior B, guess what? They play Junior B one season and they go up to Junior A the next. Yep. The sky's the limit, man. It's where you can go. You can only move up. And and the thing to like even touch on that. So say for instance, you're 16, 17, you're playing A, double A hockey, and you're trying out for a junior B, junior A team, right? And you don't make either of them, but you they still want you in the program as a triple A player. Yeah. Take that like honestly take it. And the reason why is because that's a foot in the door, like we said last podcast. Yeah. You never know when you're gonna get a call up. Hey, I need you for a junior B game. We're we're down a guy. All right, you you have a hell of a weekend for the junior B team. You make the roster. Yeah. So it's stuff like that that don't be intimidated to go and try out for good organizations, like especially in the EHL or even if you're playing Midwest or even Western <laughs> Hockey. Like if you know there's a good uh, organization or good league you want to play in, fucking go try it, man. No one's gonna yell at you for trying if you don't make it. Try again next time. It, it's one of those things that we say. It all depends on your mentality and the way that you present yourself and you carry yourself. So if you don't make it, don't show yourself. Like, don't show them that you're upset. Be like, okay, coach, what can I do to make it next year? And then that's going to show them that you're going to be mature enough to maybe take that role next year yeah. or they're going to call you up. Yeah. So and, and, go ahead. Right. Sorry. No, and, to, and for that is, like, like I said, if, if you're that young, you're 16, you play junior B. Next year you play junior A, and then the next year, who who knows? You might be in the NA next year, the following year. Yep. Then you go up to USHL. Like it, it, it you can only move up. And you know another I mean? thing about the NA, and when we first started the podcast today, with the whole racial thing, it's not every NA team. It's not the actual league that has racist problems. Every league has a problem in mm-hmm. some sense with that. That's just kind of one of those stories that got blown out of proportion, which it should have, to yeah. be honest. It, I completely agree with it. It should have because it does. you never fuck around with that. You don't mess with racism. No, but, and, and that's the thing. And, 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 and to touch on that real quick, Mike, mm-hmm. is, you know, we, I have been with a kid, young black man, Keyshawn, that I brought in from Delaware. And I, I, I swear, man, if I ever heard that, somebody said something to him like that, I, I'd lose my fucking mind. Kid, we lose our jobs. It, it, I, I would because, you know, I and yeah, I, I mean, it's genuinely like I, I, I love the kid. I love the kid like a brother, like the kids, like, you know, a brother. And like my my son, Landon, considers Keyshawn as a brother. So like he's like, oh, yeah, this is my black brother. <laughs> For real. Yeah. It, you know, like and it's, Keyshawn's the whitest black kid you could ever yeah. meet. And I love yeah. it. But like I said, like the kid, the kid, the kid's a beauty. And I, like, I, if anybody ever said that to him, I, I'd lose my fucking mind. I, oh my God, I, yeah. I probably would leave the bench to fucking lose my mind. And that's bad because, you know, and no one should, no one should be saying shit like that. No one, no matter what the circumstances in, you know, yeah. I mean? it's, and that goes it's for any thousand fucking, it's 2000 fucking 19, like get over yourself. And that's what I'm saying. And listen, we're not into the politics or anything like that. We're here to talk about general hockey and just have a good time with everyone. So that's one of the things that that really pisses pisses us off more than anything is to hear shit like that going down. It's like we're all here for one reason when we enter that rink. It's like you guys all know that feeling when you enter, like open up that first ice door and you get the smell of hockey. You know what I mean? Everyone yeah. knows that smell. And it's like, you're all there for one purpose is the love of hockey. 
not for the bullshit politics that are going on in the organization. That's not for players to worry about. That's for parents and whatever, you know, fucking soccer moms want to deal with in the back of it. But, like, you guys as players are there as a team, as a family. You're there to protect yeah. each other and look out for each other. You're not there for the bullshit. You're you there know, for each other. And there's – and there, you know, we talked about the code with fighting. There, there, should, there, there should be a fucking code. Yes. With talking shit, you know, leave race out of it, leave yes. family out of it, you know, leave your sexual origin out of it. Who who fucking cares? Anything you, else? You want to call somebody a fucking pussy, a piece of shit, a motherfucker, an asshole? Absolutely. But keep those fucking things out of your mouth. Like, and if you're if you're a player trying to say racist shit to another player, I hope someone two hands you. I, I, I don't even care. I'm saying that you do not deserve to play hockey or even be on the same ice as that player. Like, I hope someone hops off the bench, drops mitts with you, and shit stomps you. But, hey, I'm just saying. (laughs) But, anyway, to get away from all that bullshit, um, another thing to really talk about, too, is kind of, like, some of the big trades that have been going around the NHL, which has kind of been a little crazy for me, man. Like, I'm still upset Wayne Train's gone Philly. I I, I know, man. It's uh, (sighs) very... Hartman looked sick his first game in. Just saying, yeah, it's, it was. It, did you? I don't know if you saw it, and I wanted to. Say, I, I I meant to send it to you. Is uh, the clip the the mic'd up? Did you see the mic'd up of uh, of of Drew when he won the game winner and? You know, oh, in the locker room with no, the... no, on the ice, and he looked for Simmons. He's like, where? I, anything that whatever happens, I'll always love you, man, and shit like that. It's just it's heartbreaking. It really is. And that's another thing to even talk about too, where we were just talking about like. They are literally there for one thing, uh-huh. and it's for each other. Yeah. And, like, as a professional athlete, that's literally saying it to another professional athlete. They're there to do their job, but in reality, it's just the true love behind their sport. Like, and I don't know, man. It, it's frustrating, too, to also see him leave because he was such a big asset to our team. I, I think, I, me personally, I think he's going to take a – I think he'll take a pay cut or take take what he can get to come back to Philly in the offseason. I think so, too. He he just loved Philly too much, man, and we loved yeah. him here. Like, ah, man, I'll tell you right now, if we get him back, I would be pumped. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and JBR is looking good. Columbus, Columbus going all in, and they're out of the fucking wild card right now. I know. <laughs> Holy shit, man. <laughs> yeah, good job, Columbus. You're making great moves. Tortorella worried about fucking answering somebody else's phone on the podium instead of getting his fucking team to win. Dude, I don't know what's been up with Torts lately, man. He, I feel like he's just been hitting the bottle too many times. Every <laughs> time you look at him, it looks like he like overslept for like three days. It looks like he's been hungover for the past two. I, I well, you're yeah. coaching Columbus. You should be. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> good point. What's even good in Columbus? Well, you know you're what? Lose, you're gonna fucking lose Panarin and Bobrovsky in the offseason, so yeah, and there goes your team. Bobrovsky's the only reason why they're actually still in games. I feel like, yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. It's kind of one of those things too, where like you remember when we were at the outdoor game and like all those Pens fans just talking shit, and then in the end, it's just like we got the last laugh. Yeah, I love watching kids like talk shit during a game in the beginning of a game, and then all of a sudden our team starts coming back and like, we'll beat them. And they just look at you like, Oh fuck. Dude. And you just want to like talk shit to them the entire, like the rest of the third period. Uh, and that's just, you know, it's, and it's funny because 
when everybody knew the story, you know, they watched a video of me fucking flipping out on the Pens fans afterwards. They're like, oh, you were talking shit all game. And no, it, it, there's a time and place for it. And I kept my fucking mouth shut because I didn't look like a fucking asshole. But you, had, you actually had people DM you saying like, oh, you're a piece of shit. No, not even like that. It's, you know, it's, it's <laughs> that like, like, you know, like Patty McAteer. Like, oh, you oh, were talking my... shit the whole game. No, I wasn't. No, we you know, were. Like, Pat, I... you're a fucking Flyers fan. Yeah. Eat my dick. <laughs> so it's like, no, I wasn't talking shit. There's a time and place. But, you know, you're speaking, speaking of talking shit, like, another thing is fucking players talking shit over social media. Oh, God. Dude. Keyboard like, warriors. Dude, like, if you're going to talk <laughs> shit and make fun of somebody, talk shit to their fucking face. Quit hiding behind a goddamn telephone on fucking Instagram, fucking oh, Facebook, I'm going to fuck your mom. Oh, yes, it's my face. Yeah, like, oh, I'm good. You know, I'm going to fuck your mom. Who, who says that anymore? I thought that was played out in 1971. Well, it depends. How hot's her mom? Yeah, true. True. You know, (laughs) anyway, but seriously, though, it's kind of one of those things, too. Like, I hear that all the time, even in men's league, bro. Like, I'm playing men's league and guys are trying to chirp me and I just look at them. I'm like, are you talking to me? I like I I do that whole look around like and I point to myself like, who, me? And they're like, yeah, you. I'm like, bro, again, you have three. Who the fuck are you? Who Who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. But like. It's literally the worst players on the ice that are, like, 50 years old trying to talk shit because, like, I'm a young guy, like, playing men's league. It's like, dude, not my fault. You're playing in a B-league, and I just like to drink and play. Like, sorry that I'm a little intoxicated, and I'm still scoring. You guys just can't skate. I don't know what to – listen, I'll tell you right now, I'm not that good, ladies and gentlemen. Like, I just play men's league. I enjoy it now. But these guys – they're like the lifers that have been playing since they were 14, like since oh 1967. They were done fucking triple or fucking single A hockey. Not even. They're, they're like B hockey guys. And yeah. like they're wearing like the Jolfinator buckets. And With the fucking Peter Forsberg, bro. Oh, yeah. And like they have like a fucking Sherwood titanium stick. Not even aluminum, like titanium. And. This thing is probably like a solid 12 pounds of hard lumber mixed with a little bit of steel. So this thing's not fucking breaking. And I'll never forget this time. He got so this guy got pissed at me because I forget what he said to me. And I was like, yeah, what time does your wife get off work? And he got pissed. So he literally makes a run at me, comes down, tomahawks my twig. My twig just fucking just crumbles in my hand. And I'm just like, uh, and I look down. And this thing is literally a fucking hunk of steel coming down on my fucking blade. <laughs> and I'm just looking at the guy like, oh, we're going. So I grab him and like right away he doesn't know how to balance himself. So he falls back and I look like an asshole for taking down like a 70 year old man because he doesn't know how to fucking control a stick. Yeah, listen, I, I had a temper tantrum in men's league. All right, it happens. Yeah, the best that I'm telling you, the best is though is, is men's league and even coaching, like even coaching, like. You hear the kids shit talking shit, and you know they're like, you know they're gonna try to find them on social media afterwards to fucking be a dick. Oh yeah, oh my god, I love, I love listening. Like, I'll, you know what? I'll say it right now, Northampton's one of them. Northampton used to, um, Schmidty's actually the kid I'm fucking calling out on this one. They used to go on social media with my alumni, Freedom. Um, it was either I think it was last year, and they were finding out so much personal information about them, just talking shit, and I'm just like. Damn, why did I think about that, like, back in the day? Like, I wish I would have. 
didn't have that shit back in the day, dude. Yeah, you're right. I had fucking like a Walkman. It was great. My fucking CD. Let me put my player in my pocket. Where's my cassette tape? Fucking listen to Boys to Men. Let's go, dude. You know what's great? I don't know a good men's league story. So we're playing. I play for a team that basically no one likes playing because we're a bunch of young kids that are douchebags and. We if we're if we're winning we're gonna run the score up because it was like that even when some of us played juniors like you just run the score up it's fucking stat yeah. night so we're playing this team it's getting out of hand and um, they have this one guy and his name's Gallagher Gallagher is like a six four but he's like the goon for you know the Whalers but he's a good guy off the ice anyway fucking Ohi Olwerthorpe huh yo bad so. He fucking hits one of my guys from behind, and, like, I don't fight him. I just wrap him up. I'm like, Gally, we can't do – you can't do that. And he's, like, trying to talk to me the whole way to the box, and, like, he knows me personally. He's like, yo, like, I respect that. Like, I'll do it again. All right, cool. We let it go. So third period, one of my good friends literally gets pissed off with him and fucking lines up at uh, center ice after we scored, and they're jawing at each other. No shit. My buddy sucker punches him in the face, and, like, Gallagher's wearing a cage – and my buddy had his glove on. And all of a sudden, you see Gallagher. Look at my buddy. My buddy gets deer in the headlight look. Fucking sprints to the best bench before the puck drops. He's chasing him around the ice. While the, like, we're all watching this fucking pissing ourselves. Because, yeah. like, no way this is happening. He hops over our bench, starts laughing at him. Me and my line mate look at each other like, no way he just fucking did that. So, basically, what I'm trying to get to is, don't be a pussy. If you're gonna punch someone, you're you're going. Like, don't fucking hit and dash like that. Oh my god, I've never seen that in my entire career. Until I, yeah, league. I can't stand that shit either. Don't be a fucking pussy. You're gonna fucking fight. Square up. Fucking fight. Somebody. Yes, dude, just throw them. Get it over with. There's be, fights that I like lost. A pussy it is what it is. Don't be Phil Kessel and slash somebody and skate away. Yeah, fucking cheeseburger or Malkin. Don't even start with fucking. Oh my god, I did not listen. Even if I had Malkin on my team, it's kind of like having Racco Gudis right now. What Diarrhea. are you doing? Diarrhea. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I just really don't get it. And every time you look at Malkin, it looks like someone fucking ran his face over with a semi truck. Just flat as shit. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> just unbelievable. And then it, the Penguins just pissed me off, too, because, like, they have such young talent. But, like, they just walk around like they have a 10-fucking-foot cock, and they don't. And, like, their fans think that they're gods because, like, oh, well, we beat Philadelphia once again. Uh, congratulations. Like, we get another it. fucking Stanley Cup. I'd and, be proud of you. And we get it. You know, if your superstar Mario Lemieux didn't come and save the fucking team, the team wouldn't be there. Exactly. You wouldn't fucking – and in Sydney Crosby didn't take pay cuts. You actually wouldn't even have a solid team. Right. I'll tell you right now, and, like – I think their biggest thing that they shouldn't have done, like, don't get me wrong, Matt Murray, fucking stud. They should have oh. kept Flower. Oh, yeah. Should have kept yeah, Flower. I, I was, when the whole thing with Flower was going on, I, I wanted him to come to Philly. Oh, I would have killed him. Uh, the thing is, though, I don't know if you'd ever want to play in Philly. Like, as a goalie? You, no. And, that, and that's the thing, too, man, because, like, in Philly, it's as a fan, you give them one shot. If they don't get their, like, they don't do well in their one shot, you, like, don't like them. Yeah. And, like, it was kind of like, look at Hartman. First game, throws a huge hit. Everyone's like, oh, so this is the Hartman kid that we just got. Fucking beauty. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he literally set the tone, (laughs) not even, what, an hour into being Philadelphia? Like, that's sick. Like, 
that, that's literally like what Philadelphia, but that's the thing with cities and like the NHL too. It's like the fan base is so different in every city. Like we're literally the broad street bullies for a reason. And it's just because like our fan base is so fucking like hard to please too. But I love it. No, and that's the thing. And that's, and that's what they're trying to take out of hockey is, you know, the whole fucking, oh, don't touch anybody. And I, I, I saw, I just saw a thing on Twitter about it that Lindros, Lindros wants to take hitting contact out of hockey. Why? That, and that's, <laughs> I, I really don't know. And like, listen to me. I love Lindros. He's the fucking man. He's my favorite player growing up, but you can't, you can't Eric, take your hitting fucking out. Jersey. Old, don't do that. Yeah, it's it's dude, you're gonna have fucking scores of fucking fifteen to fucking thirteen. And that's what I mean. It's literally trying to go to like Euro hockey. Like yeah. and that's another thing I need to touch on too. Like this Euro hockey transition in the NHL needs to stop. Yeah. It needs to stop. Like I get you guys don't know how to fucking advertise, so you gotta throw it on the ice. But at the same time, you got a fucking jumbo screen in between like periods and shit. You can throw it up on the jumbo screen. You don't need to put it in the ice and make it permanent. It's just starting to get annoying. Like, next we're going to have fucking the face-off circles all red and blue. You never know, man. It's what they're starting to do with the fucking helmets. Dog shit. And that's another thing. Burn those helmets, Philadelphia. They look so bad. At least the pens try to go half and half with a number and then a logo. Like, oh. <laughs> you can get me fucking fired up real quick on this topic <laughs> because I just I we're literally American hockey like oh I'm sorry national hockey Na- go fuck myself I get it so it's kind of one of those things man like if we were Euro hockey you know what I mean we played in Europe yeah <laughs> if you wanted to play Euro hockey go to Europe and I'm sorry like I love Adidas. I think they're doing a phenomenal job. But if this they're doing on bringing the Euro style over here, I fucking hate you from now on. It's just too much. It really it is. is. It's going to be too much. You, you notice it, like you said, on the ice now, man, like near the trapezoids. On the, tra- the trapezoids, there's, yes. fucking, there's logos on the ice. And I get it. It's a sponsor. I get it. But it's it's too much for the fucking ice right now, man. Listen, you can pay me a quarter of whatever you're given that ice thought, and I'll be naked, and I'll fucking run around and sponsor for you guys. <laughs> and I, I swear to God, I'll do the windmill all for you, all right? Like, I'm just saying, it, it just looks stupid. And I don't know. It, I just feel like it's more distracting, too, as a player. Like, yeah. oh, you're looking down, trying to look at the puck real quick, and then you lose track of the puck. is like, in a dark blue, like, fucking logo. And you're like, yeah. oh, you piece of shit. But I guess in the NHL, you shouldn't be looking down the puck. But, you know, I'm bad at hockey, so I look down the puck once in a while. Sorry. But what's it, what's it going to be, man? It's going to be, like, graffiti all over the fucking ice now? Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Listen, I, just give me a fucking box of paint, and I'll go out and do a bang-up job. I just don't – I really don't get it, man. Like, And on top of that, too, it's like if you ever watch outdoor games, too, like, everything is just so – like, they try to keep the crowd so into it by, like, music and stuff like that. It's turning into, the, like, NFL or, like, the middle of, like, halftime shows and stuff like that. Oh, are you talking about Keith Urban in Philadelphia? Yep. Didn't even like it. Wasn't a good time. No, it's it, Keith, you don't play it off. You were fucking cold with no shirt on. Yeah, and it, to, to me, you know, being a Philly guy, like, you know, bring out fucking Meek or something for the fucking – Oh, bro. Fucking 10, 15 minutes. 
Bro, if Meek was out there, forget about it. it. So, went, that place would have went nuts. You a know? Pittsburgh fan probably would have got stabbed or shot. Because, <laughs> like, Meek Mill hypes everyone up in Philadelphia, in oh, Philadelphia. Yeah. Like, not even at the link or at Wells Fargo. Like, I think everyone in Philly's just going to surround the link and just uh, start bumping and fucking Meek. Oh. I, I just don't get it, man. Like, literally Keith Urban. Who in the NHL listens to Keith Urban? He's a Nashville guy. He's a Preds guy, man. They fucking sent him to Nashville, yeah, not exactly. to Philly. Exactly. What the f- Oh, my God. Fucking make me blow a goddamn gasket. <laughs> yeah, you don't even understand. Oh, you do understand for me because I just want to. Every time I listen to country music, no offense to you country folks, but... Uh, yeah. I, I listen. I like country, but there's some country I like and don't like. You know, Keith Urban ain't it. He's not one of them. I was yeah. not a big fan of him before. I'm not a big fan of him now. And I don't know. I listen to Florida Georgia Line, and half you people are say, "Oh, they're not even fucking country." Yeah, suck a dick. They're country to my eyes. <laughs> fucking assholes. <laughs> fucking half these people want to listen to like Kane Brown, like. Or whatever his name is. What's his name? Uh, see, that's what I mean. I don't even know okay. country. Kane Brown, all right? Kane Brown. Kane yeah. motherfucking Brown. Yeah, you're welcome. I do kind of know country. Okay. So, uh, yeah, now we're just kind of waiting for John to get on here, and then um, we're going to get rolling right into that. But and that's the thing um, that I want to talk about, too, is about John is for you for whenever we ask for questions especially on the podcast don't be scared to like throw anything out there like there's never a dumb question if there never. is if there is we'll probably not say anything about it it's just one of those things that we'll keep to ourselves we'll laugh but we won't ever blast you for asking any hockey related question because there's definitely questions that i've asked in my career where like i was like oh this might be a dumb question but i'm gonna ask it anyway i don't care if i look stupid in front of people because if you generally want to know something just fucking ask Worst thing that we're going to say is no. Yeah, just uh, like I said, if you got, like Mike says, you got a question, uh, give it on Instagram, send it to Mike. You know, it's it'll be on the next podcast. But, I mean, it's ask whatever, you know. And, and one, I'll, I'll answer a question. You know, one of the kids asked, you know, what happened to the Rebels? And, you know, uh, the Lehigh Valley Rebels is, you know uh, – we were let go of the league for having an ineligible player. That's what it was, and then they were. It was brought in by the old coach. That's that's all I'm going to say about that. Like, and I'm not, I'm not going to. Like I said, I won't take anything back from coaching them. I, I wouldn't do it. I I'd do it all over again. I really would. I, I want I want there to be a team in Lehigh again. I, I would love to coach there and you know work with Mike and Joe. And that's that's about it. And the biggest thing is we really can't talk about stuff like that yet until a certain – we have to wait till the actual season's over. Then yeah. we can go in depth with stuff like that. But right now, for you guys to ask questions like that, don't think we're avoiding it. Dick, yeah. yeah, we're not avoiding it. It's just we have to wait till the season's over because we still work for hockey teams that we, – we don't want to lose our jobs, clearly. Yeah. But at the same time, by all means, we'll give you full details, whatever you guys want to know with that situation. We're not scared because – it wasn't our fault. Yeah. We'll, we'll, it's just plain it's and not simple. Our fault. Yeah. So, yeah, by all means, we're not scared to say anything. I mean, and another thing is, too, is, like, if you have any questions related, like, if you just need someone to talk to in life and, like, you need something just to be like, hey, how can I get better with a certain drill or something? Again, we'll answer that. I mean, we talk to good players. We coach good hockey. We know 
a lot of good drills and off ice drills to help you get better stamina and skill wise. So please, anything you guys want to ask us, let us know at dusty dimes, 1256. Um, that's our Instagram. Um, also if for some of you guys that are looking for like apparel and stuff like that, um, we actually do have a sponsor we've been talking about lately and they're to be honest, man, like they're very good. If you go on their Instagram, it's creative t-shirt printing. Um, they're right out of, I'm sorry, Pensbury, Pennsylvania, correct? Or I believe so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. Um, give me one sec, I'll find out for you. Do, 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 do. Um, but yeah, and that's the thing. So if you go on their website, um, they're, I'm sorry, they're from Washington Crossing, Pennsylvania. Washington Crossing, yeah. So uh, they have a website, creativeteacherprinting.com. Um, they do everything from hoodies, long sleeves, pullovers, sweatpants, uh, shorts, uh, for men's league guys, they do team orders, high school, etc. So if you guys want to go look at any of their things on Instagram, it's uh, underscore creative t-shirt printing underscore. Um, and then their website again is creative t-shirt printing.com. So again, please go give them a look. Um, we're still waiting for a promo code if they ever give us one. If not, that's deal. But please give them a shout. Go, go check out some of the gear in case you guys need any team apparel. But I mean, that's the biggest thing, too, is kind of getting, like, your name out there, too, especially if you're a new organization, is if you do start ordering stuff, look into – because, like, I was a equipment manager, and I know it's a pain in the ass to order things. But when you order things, I've seen teams that definitely don't look over the proofs and, like, their jerseys, their stuff come back jacked up. And the nice thing with these guys, they almost send, like, the proofs right away. So, Oh, again, yeah, right away, man. They They – I asked for it. They sent it right away. I sent it to you. I sent it to some of the boys. Yep. And, you know, and the, everybody's a big fan of the black black shirts right now. And that's the thing. And they can do any color, any uh, size. Um, and that's also a thing that they're doing with us, too, is uh, I believe, again, 10 shirts and two hoodies. Yes. Right, right now. now. Yeah. So right now, it's a good start. Um, depending how much we spread throughout the hockey community and through the podcast community, we might be able to expand that. Um, we don't have any expectations right now of making like a website yet. We haven't talked about that right now. We're just trying to keep up with you guys and what you guys want to hear. Um, and we just, we literally love listening to what you guys want to hear because it's nice to hear that you guys like talking about general hockey instead of worrying about like everything that's going on in the NHL. You guys like to talk about junior hockey and also like high school hockey. Yeah. And I so, actually, there, there was ahead. actually a question just came in, Mike, about coaching. What's it like to coach junior hockey and scouting? Hmm. That's and, a good question. <laughs> I, I, I would have to say, you know, coaching junior hockey is, it, it has its ups, it has its downs. And, you know, the, the downs would be, you know, going back to coaching Lehigh and getting thrown into the fire and, and coaching that and losing every game. That That was definitely – definitely a low you know what I mean it's it's coming home and you know trying to think like how am I going to make this team better how can I get other guys here if we have a losing record and, and it was consistent we I mean I remember you were on the phone with me almost every day we were, yeah. I mean consistent trades were going through and like in the EHL you can trade players left and right as long yeah. as the other team's willing to either go one and one or like money on top of that so we're, we were constantly looking for players to play with us and you know, at one time we had what forty four guys rostered. Yeah, 
Forty four so, guys roster, but that was also like bringing you know guys in and dropping out. guys and yeah, but, and and that's the cool part because like I I wasn't a coach, I was just the equipment manager, and it was you know it was nice to see him like TJ and per se because he truly did do his job and he probably went above and beyond because he actually got kids placed into colleges after everything went down. So it's not like one of those things that he gave up after you know, his coaching duties were relieved at Lehigh. He literally brought them to even a better team, a better organization, and they're on a winning team, and some of them are going to college. So it's just we have Euro players that came literally to America to go to school, and that was their job. And, like, well, that was what they wanted to do. And now it's like you're not only a coach, but you're also there as a mentor. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's not just, like, in the junior scene or, like, the 16-year-old scene where, like, Oh, well, we're just getting you ready for 18s. Like in junior hockey, your coach is just getting ready, getting you ready, not just for like, you know, juniors or moving on, but also for life. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I, and, and for a coach, like coaching and is, you know, you gotta, you gotta care and you, you gotta want to do your job and help these kids. And that's what I generally, you know, I, I generally love to do is coach and, and help kids along the way. You know what I mean? Like, they want to play junior hockey, play junior hockey. They want to go to college, go to college. And it's, it's almost like you grow a bond with all these kids and you see like the bond that I grew with the Lehigh guys for what we had, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, they want to go to the next level and that's, that's what I, I want to help them do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I think that's everyone's goal is trying to go to the next level, even yeah. if, you know, it's going to take a couple of steps to get to the next level. I mean, say you want to go play NA, but then you have to go play a league before that to even make NA. If yeah. you got to do it, you got to do it. And for those kids that are scared to leave their house and like go live with a billet family, listen, I was, I mean, I was in the army for six years, so I know it's like to be homesick and whatnot and being away from the family. But at the same time, you learn to get over it. That's the way you kind of spread your wings and learn to mature and just kind of, you have to learn on your own at some point. No one's going to fucking hold your hand your entire Nobody. life. Nobody. Yeah. And that's the thing. You got to go out and get what you want. Don't be a fucking baby. Go out and yep. get what you want. And that, and you want to ask your coach to help you along the way. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You got to, you got to, you got to want to want it. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now. So, um, a one player that I used to work with, um, for the Rebels a couple of years ago, his name is Charlie Rongo, right? Yep. This kid. No disrespect to him. He wasn't the best player when he was playing for Parkland. And then when he played for our 19 AAA team, he was a pretty solid player. And then out of nowhere, this kid literally is going to play for, like, Toyo Tire, like, in Detroit. Um, I forget what team. I think he's playing for Little Caesars right now. Okay. But it's kind of one of those things that it really is the mentality of the person. And if they really want it, they're going to put in all the effort. Like his family moved to the other side of the country. And he literally looked at me. He's like, well, I'm staying here so I can play hockey. And I looked at him and I was like, this kid's 16, 17 telling me this. I'm like, okay. Like, yeah. And then not even a year later, he's playing for one of the best teams in the entire country in juniors. So I don't know, man. It's just, like I said, it's one of those things that it's the mentality of the player. If you really want it, you can go out and get it. It just depends on how much work you put in. Oh, that's that's anything in life, man. It's in that in, and I I, I explain to these kids, you know, it, you gotta you gotta treat hockey as like, like a scale, like hundred percent. Yep. You know what I mean? And like, 
85, it's 85% hockey, 15% training, and then whatever, whatever you want to do after that. But, but, uh, we got, uh, John on, John on the line here. What's up, John? How's it going guys? It's fun, man. So Uh, just just got out of practice here. Yeah. How was actually practice playing with the Havoc? Uh, really good. So, uh, getting ready for a big game versus Birmingham. Uh, they're a little above us in the standings tomorrow at home. So getting a nice skate in, getting ready for the weekend. John, I actually have a pretty good question for you. So uh, I grew up playing roller, and you know, I watch a lot of your videos, uh, especially on YouTube. So what is probably like the hardest transition from going to roller to ice for you? To be honest, since I've been doing it for so long now, and, and I grew up playing on wheels, um, mm-hmm. I think the hardest transition was the stride. Um, so just regular long skating stride, you know, the quick stop and go. You mm-hmm. can kind of work on all those things on wheels, but – my skating stride now is kind of adapted to be exactly the same. So in the summer, like I skate an outdoor path in Long Island, the same exact way that I would train if I was doing, you know, circle, circle laps on the ice. So it's pretty cool that uh, my skating coach and me kind of figured out a way to manipulate it to be basically the same. But I think the average player would say, you know, stopping and going might be the hardest transition from wheels to ice. Yeah, I definitely see that. Um, congrats, by the way, on winning gold for Team USA. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you very much. That was uh, truly a humbling experience. And, uh, you know, winning the gold medal with that USA jersey on, it's, it's pretty speechless. Now, how did you get into Team USA Roller? How did that even kind of get brought to the table for you? So when you're playing roller hockey, there's two major uh, world tournaments. So one is called Fears, and then one is ran by IHF and Team mm-hmm. USA. So kind of when you're working up the ranks and you play the major roller tournaments there's usually three big ones a summer you kind of get scouted uh people start to know you know who everyone is in the pro division usually there's under 10 teams in the pro division so not so many players um to be looked after um for the IIHF one we actually got sent to Chicago we had a tryout um it was hand selected and then they ended up picking 14 guys to make the team and I was blessed to be one of them. So definitely a little different than how they'd probably pick the IHF World Ice Team, but it's pretty cool, uh, the small Nick community for roller hockey. Don, uh, awesome. John, TJ here. I Talking about the, uh, the winning the gold medal, what was it like getting the game winner? Uh, the game winner was actually in the semis to go yep. to the final. So, yeah. oh, man, that, that feeling was great. Uh, I, was, I know uh, watching. I know watching it and watching you, you were just ecstatic. <laughs> yeah, that was just my celebration was just truly raw emotion and yeah, uh, great pass from Billy Pascali, my line mate. Kind of just like laid it out there. Uh, the guy that I was, you know, skating around actually fell, so I kind of found the seam and Billy put it right on my stick. Puck was kind of bouncing, and then luckily I worked on my hands handling the puck a lot because it was really bouncing. I kind of like skated by it and just whacked it in luckily it went in and uh yeah probably probably one of the biggest goals of my roller hockey career was uh definitely something awesome knowing that we were going to the finals from there now you're considered one of the best roller hockey players pretty much in the country um what made you really want to play ice since you know you basically have that name like one of the best well at least in my eyes too um what made you really want to play for like you know ice hockey even playing with the havoc so when I was growing up, I kind of always loved watching the NHL, always had favorite players uh, in the league. But playing roller, I kind of, you know, just grew up watching those pro guys too. And a lot of them at the time, 
played ice also, and I just wasn't taking ice as serious. So when I was like 15, 16, I finally got into juniors and I was like, wow, like I maybe could go to college or maybe could make it to the pros here. I'm not too late because I worked on all my skills playing roller and it's mm -hmm. kind of similar game. So guys like Pat Maroon that play roller hockey, you actually hear Connor McDavid just saying how he thinks roller hockey, you know, can help your skills in the summer. So guys like that, just promoting it. That's kind of how I felt. I always wanted to promote it, but I also want to be the best I could be on wheels or on blades. So that was kind of my motivation behind it still is like to play down here in the SP or play in the ECHL. Like I was last season. It's a, it's a little phenomenal thing. Yeah. yeah. My, um, sorry, another question for you. So you started playing hockey at what? Four. Yeah. I started when I was about four. My dad got me on uh, roller skates. So since you've been playing hockey for that long, have you been able to really witness a huge change in like the evolution of hockey? Like, you know, from, changing really to over to like nothing but pure finesse or is there still kind of like that brute, you know, hockey where it's nothing but hitting and I stuff think, like that. Uh, yeah, I think what I've seen in the pros, the, since I, I've been, this is my fourth season pro and uh, my fourth season, I've got to see the SPHL. I've been in the league uh, a couple of different times mm -hmm. from the first year in the SPHL to this year in the SPHL. I see the transition here tremendously. Like there's so much more skilled, it's kind of sad to see some of the tough guys like out of the league, like they don't even have jobs anymore. Um, yeah. Watching it on TV is exciting. Like you see young guys coming to the league. Like I've got to skate and train with Matt Barzell, um, was in Islander camp with him too. And seeing a guy like him now come into the league and just be able to take over and be such a threat every night. Like when he uses his speed or guys like McDavid just using their speed, it's, it's dangerous. Guys can't literally keep up with them. So it's, it's awesome to watch. And it's something that I have to train for in the summer because if I'm not trained to get faster and uh, up my game, you know, I'm going to be left out the dry too, because it's getting so fast. It's nice to hear you say that because we've been trying to preach to even the younger kids playing youth hockey, that speed is truly killing other teams and kids are still trying to go out and head hunt and, you know, try to be like, not necessarily the goons, but take themselves out of the play instead of worrying about nothing but like their speed. So to hear you say that it definitely, it's a satisfaction definitely to us to hear that. Yeah, I, th I think <laughs> even guys that, are considered grinders in the league are, you know, great assets and great players on their teams. Like you see guys like agitators, like Brad Marchand, I always take, you know, I love watching his clips, but I can't, you know, sometimes I can't play like that, but the way that he grinds and, and rattles guys, then it opens great opportunities for him. And he has some such great skill. If you see him in the shootout or, you know, see him take a guy one-on-one, -on -one, you're like, wow, that's the grinder. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like he's got so much skill. Exactly. And that's the thing. He definitely changed the way that he had to play as well from his rookie year until now. And you can definitely see the way his play style changed a bit. But yeah, a million percent. He, he's one of hands down one of the best players in the league, in my opinion, even though he likes to lick people. But hey, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, uh, oh, and that, this is one thing I want to ask you. How many tries or attempts was it for that infamous trick shot on the upper level for you? So the one I did this year. And people might not want to believe it, but the one that I did in the Huntsville Havoc rink was the first try. Oh, oh shit. God. Was <laughs> oh, my God. It was literally the first try. And, and I had people, like, still telling me to this day, like, hey, John, like, that puck hits the ice somewhere else. And, like, there's no way it goes in the net. I was like, well, sorry that it hits the ice and bounces left and goes, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. when it hits the ice, it was bouncing all over the place. So, to be honest, first try, absolutely, from the top, hits the ice, bounces right into the soft pit. But I had about 20 other pucks up there, and I'm not going to lie. Out of those 20 other pucks, I think I hit the soft pit 
maybe four times it didn't go in out of 20. Wow. And then I got it in one more time. But the first one was the video that I had to use. So oh, truly the guys that were watching, the camera guys, like there was no editing in that. I really hit it. Um, it's funny. I was talking to someone the other day about, hey, John, like how do you come up with all these tricks and like how do you record them and does it take a lot of practice? And I said, to be honest, if you're watching the videos I post most times, like when I hit it in the first three shots or first five shots, my celebration is so raw because I can't even believe, like, I just think it's <laughs> cool if I hit it in 10, 10 shots or 12 shots, and I hit it in one or two or three, I'm celebrating like I scored a goal in a game. Now, you worked, have you worked with Pavel Barber? Um, I've met him, yeah, we, we uh, were at an event together in Winnipeg uh, yeah. about two years ago. Yeah, I've got to meet him, got to do a shootout with him. Yeah, definitely he's, a good guy. He's pretty silky, man. I'll tell you what, watch some of his moves. It's just, it's crazy to think that, like, what you guys have to do with a puck and just basically, he can literally pull the Michigan off whenever he feels like it. It's just, ah, all right, no big deal. Yeah, it's definitely fun uh, being on that creative side of the game, right? It's nice playing, obviously taking things very seriously, but I like uh, just having fun the with creative it. side. Just kind of, yeah, just having fun with it. Also, work that's working on your hands for games. So, so do I you have um, one of my last questions? Sorry, but uh, do you have any superstitions or anything like that for a game? Oh. I can only imagine, list, right? <laughs> list, list goes on for me. I'm kind of – I'm not like a head case. I just want to – I like to say I'm passionate for the game. So things that I do leading up to the game or on game day, um, I try to do, you know, the same type of thing every day. It's not that I'm, I'll be terrible in the game if I don't do my routine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just kind of like it. It makes you feel comfortable. Um, just kind of like I, I sit in the stands after I tape my stick, after I do some stick handling – put my headphones in, listen to a little music, um, kind of look at the rink, envision what I'm going to do that night, uh, things I want to, you know, how I want to play, how, how the team's playing against us, kind of think about maybe what my first shift will be like. Um, and then if, you know, talk about in my head, you know, situations that could happen in the game. If there's a bad bounce, how do you turn it around quick? How do you not get in your own head? So kind of do a lot of thinking and uh, mental toughness kind of, talking to myself because I, th I think it truly works. I think uh, how tough this game is sometimes and the levels that you uh, can see kind of might get to you or, you know, a certain play could totally ruin your game or, or change your game, right? If you score a goal yep. your first shift, you have a great, a great game. If you get absolutely rocked your first shift, maybe it rattles you. So kind of want to keep uh, even keel throughout the game, and that's some stuff I try to talk to myself about. And John, John, I got a, I got a question for you. Who, who's yep. your biggest influence on your hockey career? Who's my biggest influence? That's a really tough one. Um, I'd say my dad. My dad just, you know, always gave me that drive to do whatever I wanted to do. And I always loved hockey. So he would drive me to the rink whenever I needed to and, you know, show me the ropes. He, he played, never at a crazy high level, but he knows the game really well. And he was kind of a tougher guy. So it's funny when his buddies see me uh, playing because they're like, hey, shit, John, where'd you get your hands? Not from your dad. He was a tough guy. So. <laughs> I definitely say my dad uh, influenced me and still comes to my game. He's, he's coming to my game in Alabama from New York this weekend. So love, uh, love having him around and definitely blessed for great parents. And uh, I, one, one more for me, if you could name one of your upcoming opponents in inline hockey coming up, who do you think would be one of the, one of the young kids? Who do you think is going to, you know, make a, make a name for himself and in inline? Oh, there's a bunch. I have uh, I have a lot of guys I got my eyes on right now. Um, a couple guys out of Long Island, uh, Joey DiMartino. Um, he's something else right now. He's 
You know, I had and I, 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 let me cut. Yeah, I had Joey. I had uh, Joey play a couple uh, junior games for me this season. Him and Max. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Max too, another guy that's that's right there coming up, and it's fun watching those guys because I remember Joey, you know, being in his driveway when me and PJ, his older brother, would, you know, take breakaways on him and would shove him in the net because we were the older guys <laughs> and, and wanted wanted three shots on the goalie. So seeing a kid like that uh, that I kind of grew up around and. You know, seeing how he's taking the game so well, and obviously plays played a little ice. Now he's uh, Farmingdale State, killing in a roller. I know he's playing ice there too. I don't know how their season went, but yeah, it's nice seeing that. And then obviously those big major tournaments in the summer, new up and coming kids are, you know, it's a they're just coming up nonstop now. Yeah, you know, pro division or you know playing D one and kind of when I was the young guy, I always looked up to you know those pro games. I was like, oh, I can't wait to play. So now when you see these. 17 year olds or 18 year olds get in the game like I remember that feeling like they want to go against us and show their stuff right away right? absolutely so, you know, I still love it like I love when you get a young kid and he he knows exactly who you are he's been watching you and he's like just out for blood so it's something that uh, I pride myself on when I was a kid to try and you know show all those older guys hey I can keep up with you guys and you know I'm coming to show you what I got so I like seeing that every summer it's actually really cool yeah, it's phenomenal here, man. And that's the thing. It's kind of one of those things that keeps you grinding, too. You got to have all the young bucks coming up in the system, and you know that you're going to have to outwork them, too, especially you're only getting older, you know what I mean? So exactly. You got, you got to keep yourself in shape to keep up with these guys. So I give you nothing but nothing but congratulations, too, man, because I, I cannot play roller anymore. I'd probably break an ankle. I've been playing ice for too long. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a fun transition for me. Like, it's uh... – it's definitely different. Most of my ice hockey buddies that don't understand roller or don't know how the process works is like, man, you don't really stop playing hockey all year. And I was like, I wouldn't want it any other way. I've been doing it that way my whole life. You know, summer is training for ice, getting ready for the next ice season. But for me, it's roller hockey season at the same time. So something that I truly love and, and obviously have such a passion for is, is anything hockey. So it's definitely fun. That's awesome, man. But uh, other than that, I think that's everything for me. Yeah, um, me, for me too. Uh, but we wish you luck in the upcoming game. I hope you guys actually beat them. And uh, hope, I, I saw one of your fights. Uh, God, who is it against? You were fighting against a guy that was a lot bigger than you, and I'm pretty sure you just took him too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, definitely definitely not the tough guy. Definitely don't, <laughs> don't love the. But I'll tell you what, I give you a lot of credit for sticking up for yourself, man. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's that's something that I've been trying to do is just everyone's like, oh, he's such a skilled guy or, you know, maybe teammates don't know that I have a little edge or that if someone gets hit, right, I'm going to stick up for them. So it happened to me, me getting hit from behind. And yep. and he you stuck know, up for care. yourself. I didn't care who he was, if he was a fighter or not. He's actually a great skilled player, but he fights every tough guy in the league. Um, he's playing on Peoria now. He got traded after that game. But, yeah, really, really good player. I just kind of went up to him right after he hit me and got in each other's faces. And he was like, you want to drop him? I was like, I think he was kind of shocked when I said it because he, you know, he knows who I am. We played against each other a bunch, and he knows that I'm more of a skilled player. And, hey, you got to take the bumps every once in a while. But, you know, you see guys like Crosby fighting. and Completely agree with that. Definitely aren't fighters. So, yep. I think if they could do it, I could do it. I, I completely agree with you. That I mean, that's the thing, man. I give you my respect for doing that. And uh, oh, yeah. thank God. Get the John... fired up even if you lose the fight or win the fight. So. <laughs> exactly, man. But uh, thanks, thanks, John. Thanks for being on the episode. Yeah, we appreciate it very much, man. Yeah, thank you guys very much for having me. I love what you guys are doing, and uh, hopefully get on again. Absolutely, man. Have a, have a good weekend.
Yes, you too. See you guys. See you, bye-bye. So that was John Shavu, and he's a beauty, ladies and gentlemen. Um, like we said, I mean, he's considered, if not one of the best roller hockey players in the country. Um, personally, I think he's one of the best in the world just because watching the way he plays, he is truly fucking good. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh. He, the, kid, the kid's got it. For Even watching him play for the Havoc, I mean, he, you don't have to play in the NHL just to know that someone's just downright good at the sport. And he the, is. Bottom line, the bottom line is if you're playing fucking pro hockey, you're playing pro hockey. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, I mean, other than that, this has definitely been a good, definitely a solid podcast. Uh, hope everyone enjoyed it. Teach unless you have anything else, I'm 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 fine, no, brother. Just, uh, give us a follow on uh, Dusty Don's twelve fifty six, and uh, stay dusty, boys. Stay dusty. Appreciate everyone.